that when we got into this book of Acts that in some areas that you would find that it was preaching to the church. You will find that in tonight's chapter, the fifth chapter, and you will find it also when we hit the 15th chapter. Praise God. And uh, <clears throat> so we're going to work tonight for a little while on the fifth chapter. I'll try to watch time tonight, try not to be too long about it. Tomorrow night is a fellowship meeting in Wichita, Brother Cornwell's church. The last I heard, Brother O.W. Williams was preaching it. I heard something about maybe he wouldn't be preaching it. Please don't ask me what it's all about because I know what it's all about, but I don't want to tell you. Praise God. Amen. Pray for our district. It's bad when preachers go to fussing with each other till preachers can't even come in and preach for one another. That's what it's all about. We need a revival. We need a move of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going tomorrow night with the anticipation that Brother O.W. Williams is going to be there to preach. Praise God. And if not, I'm going to have a good time in the house of God and fellowship of God's saints anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've got a made-up mind. And I have a determination. And I'm going to keep on pressing on till I reach my final destination. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Amen. Acts, the fifth chapter. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt? You need to uh, underline that in your Bible. I don't have my pen with me. To tempt the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to try to work on that tempting the Spirit of the Lord tonight. To tempt the Spirit of the Lord. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, 
and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth buried her by her hand. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all and they were all all of them one accord in Solomon's porch <clears throat> we hear of the thousands I don't believe Solomon's porch was big enough to get that many thousand in there maybe so and of the rest durst no man join himself to them but the people magnified them and believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes both of men and women insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the city round about in Jerusalem bringing sick folk and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up and all that were with them which is the sect of the Sadducees. Any of you remember Sunday morning's lesson? and were filled with indignation, laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, When I get started tonight, I would like your attention. It is amazing thing that we teach many times, many things, and yet at the same time we have to take you in to that little room back there and counsel you about the things we taught you about. And the thing that really does stir me up sometimes is, <clears throat> is immediately when I get through preaching a sermon, I'm found back there in that room counseling somebody what I just got through preaching about. Some folks don't listen, neither do they plan application. And if you don't, you're in pitiful shape because there's no hope for an individual that won't listen and do the things they should do. Brother Mark called me up and told me a certain situation today and I said yes that individual is suffering this way because they absolutely will not do what they know to do right. They're suffering this. And I mean it's suffering. <clears throat> they know to do it, but they won't do it. Our pride leads us into many things we wish we would have never got involved with. The Bible said, He that lifteth himself up, the Lord shall abase him. Amen. Amen. 
Now, in the reading of these few verses here tonight, or words, I should say, when we begin to start, Ananias and Sapphira had sold all their possessions. Whatever that may be, I don't know. Possibly their house, possibly some parcels of land they own. Uh, I'm not sure what all it was, but it was their possessions. Praise God. Or maybe just some of their possession. It said so late possession. Now, at any rate, they kept back part of the price. Now, I want to tell you something tonight. <clears throat> to be accepted in the church of the living God, you don't have to do anything dishonest. Amen. And there are some people who I don't imagine Sister Sharon would like for me to tell this. And it would be, a, I don't even know, Sister Sharon, how many times you've sent large sums of money to the foreign field and built a church. But I know it's been several occasions. And I just got blessed by the foreign missions department calling me up, telling me how they appreciated me sending them a large sum of money to build a church in Africa. And I said, hmm, well, okay, thank you. Must have been somebody the Lord was talking to in the church because I didn't do it. I did send $100 over there for something, but I didn't build no church. Amen. And we could get on some kind of kick like that, and everybody in the church feel like they're obligated to build a church in Africa by sending hundreds of dollars over there. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I don't think you're obligated to. Amen. It doesn't take that to be saved. I do believe you should be involved with foreign missions. I do believe that. Amen. I want to do more than just try to win souls here. And when I see the Lord, I want him to look upon me as one who helped reach the world. Amen. But <clears throat> they had got into a enthusiastical situation. How many of you remember when Brother Kirker come home from uh, uh, general conference and we had seen a mighty move and demonstration of God at the general conference and he got up and began to weep and him and his wife gave their antique set to the church to build a new church and uh, Sister uh, Burris got into the uh, thing and gave her house we reaped lots of money out of that thousands of dollars out there and others 
Brother Unruh got excited and gave us the land. That's how this church got here. It was a move of God. You're sitting in a miracle tonight. Amen. But at no time did I get up and it became a law of the church that you had to give a house or some land or you had to give the best of your possessions so we could build a church. It was just simply a move of God that swept. There were others who did not give like that but gave $100 or gave some other things that they could give. Amen. It was simply a move of God. There's an old black man Sister Keller worked with gave $1,000. I, I like to fell over. That old man handed me that check and I prayed for him, blessed him, walked out and opened that check and man, I couldn't believe it. I felt like I need to go in there and pray for him, bless him some more. Amen. Praise God. And uh, <clears throat> it was a move of God. So it was when God began to build this new church in the book of Acts. There was a wind of the Holy Ghost that swept in amongst those people and many of them sold all that they had and gave all that they had to the church. Homes, possessions, everything. Now I really don't want us to do that around here because I have plenty of trouble trying to pastor you people living in different places in town let alone all of us living in the basement of this church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> and I don't know where they lived at. That would be interesting. The Bible's pretty quiet on that. But this became... How many of you remember when you first got saved a lot of zealous things you did that later on as you grew up in the church you realized you did that without much knowledge you're just doing it because of the great love of God that had come upon you not one person in here is guilty of that every one of us are guilty of that amen Somebody said, well, when I first got saved, I made a lot of mistakes. Well, honey, it's not the mistakes I'm worried about you make when you first get saved. It's the ones I'm worried about after you've been saved a long time. Because everybody's going to make a bunch of them when they first get saved, Sister Sander, whether they like it or not. <laughs> Praise God. It's just that way. Amen. Now... <clears throat> Yeah, we're going to change it. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> they got caught up in the spirit of this thing. In other words, it became not a law of God, but it became something, and the apostles were not trained by Jesus to control this situation. You never find this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
there are a lot of times that I get in situations. I'm in one right now. Us preachers learn by trial and error just like everybody else. And uh, it's a hard way to learn. It's a whole lot better to be on your knees having the Lord speak to you like he did me not before last way ahead of things. Amen. Praise God. But still in all, at the best, we're going to learn by trial and error. I've finally learned off of some of these young kids in this church, it don't make no difference, Mom, Dad, how much you don't want them to make a mistake. It doesn't make any difference, school teacher, how much you don't want them to make a mistake. It doesn't make any difference, Pastor, how much you don't want them to make that mistake. They're going to make it and learn by trial and error because some of them, that's the only way they're going to learn that the water's hot when they stick their hand in the water. Amen. Praise God. So they got caught up in the spirit of this thing. Now, say what you want to. There is a something in us that we want the favor of the pastor. That's good. That's not bad. If I was under Elisha, I'd want his favor. If I was under Elijah, I'd want his favor. But we must be careful about that element in our life. Amen. Because when we want the favor of the pastor or the leader so much that we would lie, cheat, steal, do a lot of those type of things, we're in serious trouble with God, with our salvation. And finally, with the man you're trying to get in favor with. Amen. If the man of God is standing for holiness and righteousness, he cannot stand with your deceit, your lies, your jealousy, your malice, your strife. He cannot stand with them things. He has to rebuke you. That's not the way to seek favor from God or the man of God. Amen. Let us seek the favor of the man of God and God in honesty and sincerity in the spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I told a county attorney yesterday, I don't care what you say or I don't care what you ask me on that witness stand or what. I won't lie even if it hurts me. I won't lie if it hurts you either. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, you see, we get caught up in a spirit of something. Somebody please do something with that kid. It's too much competition. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Here they are, and there is a very emotional move of God and the Holy Ghost, such as it was about us the night we took the initiative action to build this church. This church doesn't know it. Before that general conference, I was walking around talking to God, and I told God, I said, I have brought this church as far as I can bring it on this corner. It's full. We've built everything. We've done everything. And if this is it, 
fine. I'm going to find someplace else where I can increase my ministry. And God knew what was in my heart. And so he brought it to where we've been working to fill this up. Harder than I ever thought we would. Amen. Amen. And so it was God that swept in and made that work. It was God that swept in on the day of Pentecost. Now, the Lord sees the future of a lot of things. As I studied many times, God knew that he was going to scatter that church because of persecution. God knew that. And he put it in those people's hearts to sell their possession. It is hard for you to leave town when you live on George Street. I got four houses over there in that one block for sale. And uh, <clears throat> because of one incident over there, one woman said she'd let her house go for fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000. It's a nice home just to get out of this mess. I've got a house sitting next to me they're going to auction off. Got one across the street from me they're going to auction off. Auctioning one off this Saturday. Amen. I said, oh God, looks like I moved into where if I ever have to move out, I've got to give this thing away. So it might not be too hard for me to get rid of mine. <clears throat> and I looked around, boats, and camper, and truck. Did you ever try to sell that stuff in Hutchison where people don't have any money? Where if you get on Perkins and says you'll give it away, they tear your telephone. I mean, the cord will burn up in your hands answering, yes, I'm at home. But if you ask $10 for something worth $50, you can't sell it. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> What are you saying, Brother Ella? I'm saying the more possessions you have, the more you're tied down. And the Lord knew that, and he put that in them people's heart. They sold the possessions. The property was high. The things were selling good. Everything was going wonderful, you know, like back in the 70s before all this stuff caved in. Amen. I found out this week that ranches in Kansas have fell over 60 some percent. You can now buy a ranch 60 some percent cheaper than you could two years ago. Amen. <clears throat> and so they sold it and then the Lord moved the armies in and scattered that church and began revival all over the world like Acts 1 and 8 says would happen. Now that's my interpretation and answer for you why they did that. But also, they loved the Lord, they loved the Holy Ghost, they loved the things of God so much, they were willing to give up everything to see the church grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And anywhere you find people who are willing to let everything go that the church may go you will find a church just blooming 
full of people being saved. Wherever materialism gets a hold of the people, the church suffers. The church suffers because no one can serve two masters. Amen. Love of materialism will even stop us from having a revival around here. Can't pay the evangelist to have one. Amen. Because people don't mind spending hundreds of dollars for that, but they don't want to give $25 to the church for a revival. Amen. Oh, I ain't backing up tonight. I don't care how quiet you get out there tonight. Praise God. Now, what Ananias and Sapphira was doing was not a sin. Was not a sin what they were doing. They could have sold that parcel of land and could have told the pastor, we made so much money off of it, but we want to give you this for it. And they would have not had no problem at all. There is a Holy Ghost inside of us. And somebody told me something that was not entirely correct, and I watched them correct it right in front of me. I had great admiration for that person. That's the Holy Ghost working alive and well. You see, when you tell something that's not true, the Holy Ghost should prick your heart and convict you and make you say it right. Right then and there. Amen. I know you would rather me get evangelistic tonight, but I will towards the end of it. But there's some things we need to do. Now, he said, Satan has filled thine heart to lie. Let me ask you something tonight, church. When is your heart full enough to lie? When you do it. A lot of times, lying is like murdering. You sit around thinking about it for a long time. Before you do it. Think about all the ins and outs of it. If I tell this lie, you know, I've got to make sure I don't get caught in this lie. And some folks are so smart they think they can. And the Bible said, be sure your sin will find you out. You will get caught with it. Because God will make sure you get caught with it. And it's not because he's judging you. And it's not because he hates you. It's because he loves you. And he wants you to be faced up with this situation so you'll stop doing it. And he can really save you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you see, they go on and they make up this little story, but it said that 
they fixed this up in their heart and they considered not the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. How many of you believe tonight that God knows all things? How many of you believe that God is the Holy Ghost? How many of you believe then that the Holy Ghost is in you? Then that means God's in you. That means then if you think that you can lie, it means that with God in you, you think you can lie even to God. You children in school all think about that. Tell the truth, even if it hurts you. Amen. I got so I could tell the truth even when I was going to get a beating because I felt better about the beating than I did the lie that I had to sleep with. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now in Ezekiel... The 28th chapter, I'm going to build some things here tonight. In Ezekiel, the 28th chapter. There are two chapters given to the devil in the Bible. And they're 27th chapter and the 28th chapter of Ezekiel. And I know just as sure as I say that, some of you are going to come to me and say, that's talking about King Tyre, the King of Tyres. <clears throat> I pray that the Lord gives you understanding. The King of Tyres never was from the Garden of God. There is a spirit upon people, and some people only consider that which they see and never understand that which causes them individuals to do what they do. I prayed the demon spirits off of my kids before I realized the devil was getting on them. Amen. I didn't say there's devil possessed. There's a lot of difference between devil possessed and a demon spirit on you. I've counseled with many of you folks that had demon spirits on you. Amen. And this king was ruled by Satan. Amen. And so it's one of those stories in the Bible, unless you're filled with the wisdom of God, you really don't know who the writer's writing about. God did this to hide his wisdom from the proud and the prudent. Amen. And so we read in Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, it said in the 13th verse, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. This is where I get to preaching on jewelry. The devil loves to be covered up with jewelry. He wants to shine like somebody, like he's somebody special. I can take this chapter right here and preach jewelry like you can't believe. He said, every precious stone was thy covering. Somebody said, the Lord put this on him. That's right. 
the Lord did put this on him. The sardaz, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onox, the jasper, and the sapphire. Sister Sarah, if you notice, many of them are the foundation of the New Jerusalem. The emerald and the carbuncle and the gold and the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so that thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Be amazing to know what all he knew. And thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. Now the same spirit that got the devil kicked out of heaven is in Ananias and Sapphira. Just simply said, I'll just act like I'm saved. We got folks today acting like they're saved, knowing they're doing wrong even by the commandments of the book. Coming to church and acting like nothing's wrong. And acting like they haven't done anything wrong. And they come up to me and talk to me and act like I'm wrong and they're right. When the Bible is on my side. If I'm quoting it from the Bible, you better believe that I'm right. Amen. And there are some things in this Bible that are commandments for the New Testament church to do besides being baptized in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a man who wrote an article in tonight's paper. Is it Brother Mark or last night's? Last night's, Brother Mark gave it to me. That's amazing. I read that thing last night. I didn't see it. And uh, <clears throat> he's more or less making fun of sin and God's word and God and everything else in the Bible. And we're living more and more in that hour and, and age and generation and time. But that doesn't concern me when it's outside the church. What bothers me when it's inside the church. Amen. You may not have to sell a piece of land to lie to the Holy Ghost or to lie to the Spirit in you. You may just say, well, them uh, commandments are for other folks or not for me. Amen. Praise God. You are making yourself weaker and weaker and you're leaving yourself wide open for the devil to finish you off. Amen. Now, <clears throat> The reason why I wrote this is the thing that got the devil kicked out of heaven, he uses so subtly 
and so effectually upon the people in the church of the living God. I do not believe that it was in, uh, I do not believe that it was in Ananias and Sapphira's heart to quit the church. I don't believe that it was in their heart to do the church, uh, you know, really any great damage. Hello. It's awful quiet in here tonight. Think I was down at the favorite Baptist church. <clears throat> You know, <clears throat> we don't intend to do God's work any damage. One of the worst things uh, a man wrote the other day in the newspaper, the worst sin that's in the public school system now is silence. In other words, in the textbooks, they're glorifying the government of Russia. And they're, what they're really trying to teach our generation of kids is, is how to get along with Russia so that we can all have a big happy world tomorrow. Amen. And by not telling the truth of the government of Russia, but omitting a whole lot of things can make you think, you know, well, this ain't so bad after all. So, therefore, silence is the major death. And I'm going to tell you the major death that is killing people that has been in the church for a long time is the silence they're leaving in their life of the commandments of God and not making no difference between the evil and the good. Amen. You better love absolutes. The sun is absolutely out there. There was absolutely some snowflakes today. I heard some folks was hoping we'd have two or three feet. I had some folks I heard say they hope it don't get here. Amen. But the snow absolutely was out there. The, when you walk up to a red light, you don't leave it in silence. Say, well, I don't know whether this is good or bad for me, huh? I'll just stand here. You could stand on the corner all day. Or you could say, well, I don't see anything wrong with it and walk out there and get killed. Amen. We, we live real in real life. But when we live for God, we neglect the spirit that's within us. Hello? Hello? 
That's the reason why you need to talk in tongues every day. That's the reason why you need to pray till that spirit is alive and powerful in your life and taking effect in your life. Now, David, in the 11th chapter of uh, the book of Psalms, David write these things, and I don't know whether I preached this sermon here or not. I know some of you heard me preach it, probably Brother Tom Elder and Mom Elder. I'm not sure who heard me preach this where, but I did preach it lately somewhere. The 11th chapter of the book of Psalms. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. Now, we always use this verse in here. If the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? But David was a real live human being just like us. And the devil talked to him just like he talks to us. And the devil wanted to destroy him just like he does us. And if you notice in this verse, in the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul flee as a bird to the mountain. Now who is he talking about here telling his soul to flee? That's right. Whoever said it. He's talking about the devil. The devil always tells you to run. To destroy yourself. To go somewhere else where the grass is greener. When you get there, you find out it's a desert. Amen. There is no hope in running. The Bible never did say run here and there and to and fro and seek and this and that. The Bible always said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what it always said. Hallelujah. If God's not your deliverer, who is? Praise God. Now he said to him, he said, flee like a bird to your mountain, for lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrows, the string, and they that privately shoot at the upright in heart. There's going to be them that's going to try to shoot at you from within the church, and there's going to be them that shoot at you from without the church, and they're going to try to destroy you, and sometimes it looks like the only thing to do is run. But then, if you pay close attention, this is not just a verse written. I'd like to preach this tonight, but I'm not going to major on it. I'll come back maybe some other time and preach this. Then David said, but if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, 
Somebody said, well, he's talking about holiness. He's talking about uh, this. He's talking about that. That's a fact that he is talking about that, but he is not talking per se about holiness. He's not talking per se about this or that. He is talking about himself. It is himself that the devil is telling to run and to flee. And David knows he's one of the patriarchs of Jerusalem, of Israel. He's one of the foundation stones of Israel. He has set a presidence in Israel. He has set, he has stood for holiness. He has stood for righteousness. He has destroyed the enemy when the enemy would destroy God's children. He has built himself up a stone in the house of God. He is part of the foundation that is going to set the church in a greater array and he realizes he is part of that foundation and he simply talks back to the demonic spirit that's trying to destroy him and say I will not run but I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord if you can destroy me you might could destroy a major part of God's house and he said if I allow you to destroy me how many here's a question ask me many times in my ministry when these people lied to the Holy Ghost and God struck them dead how's come God don't do that today I'm going to answer that question tonight mostly for older saints in here tonight you younger saints can listen in I believe God does that today well, I've never seen it. That don't mean he doesn't do it. I've been in Pentecost. Uh, <clears throat> been around Pentecost. Won this Pentecost since 1946. So I've been around here a while. And <clears throat> I myself have never seen... When somebody walked up to the preacher and told a lie, they fell over dead. Now, I thought they would. I mean, the fear of God was put on us so much when I was a kid, I thought they would. I've seen a lot of them destroyed because they lied to the preacher. But just fall down dead right there, I haven't seen that. But I believe it's possible. Now I'm going to tell you why. There are things that when we first come to Hutchison. We've seen lots of miracles we don't see right now. And there are a lot of folks who say well brother elders changed. Well I could turn my finger around and say a lot of folks have changed too. Amen. <clears throat> And if I want to tell you how much the change has been, it'd be frightening. But I have noticed one night God spoke to me. My wife was here. She'd tell you it's the truth. <clears throat> I was working 
somewheres in the city. I don't even remember what I was doing. And this man was not even a UPC preacher, but he did preach Jesus' name, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And how many of you were around here when we took a bus one time up there to church in Minneapolis? There he's gone. No, Brother Carricker did because I got after him about the way he drove that night. Said the church ain't very big and I don't need you to kill it all off at once. Hallelujah. He drove that big old bus up there five minutes less than I drove a car and I wasn't coasting. Praise God. And God began to talk to me. Preachers don't always do things because they want some glory. Preachers do things in the defense of God. And the Lord began to speak to me that pastor's wife was dying. She was dying because they didn't believe in going to the hospital to have a baby. And so she had it at home. And uh, she had had blood clots set in on her. And she was going to die. And the Lord told me she's going to die. And he said, I want you to go down there tonight and pray for her. I'm going to heal her. And I don't believe God healed that woman because, uh, how should I say this? Uh, he had to, to save that preacher's face. As far as I was concerned, that preacher was pretty stupid in what he was doing. <clears throat> Amen. And I went down there for one thing. That town was a bug-sized town. And there was a woman laying in there dying. And my God was being embarrassed about it. And when I went down there, there she was laying on a cot. And the whole church was shouting, running the aisles and shouting, just dancing and shouting and having a time. And I know all you believe, Brother Elder, believes in dancing and shouting, right? But when he finally turned the pulpit over to me, I said, what in the world are y'all dancing and shouting about? I said, are y'all happy because your pastor's wife's going to die? I said, I want you to quit your dancing and shouting, and I want you to get a hold of God right now. We need a miracle. And they did. They got real serious before God. We laid our hands on that woman and prayed for her, and God instantly healed her. And she come up off that cot instantly, and she's been whole ever since. Wasn't nothing I did. The Lord told me to go do it. So he was going with me to do it. That's one of the times when I went to pray for somebody. I knew before I prayed for him that he was going to get healed. 
there are a lot of times in small beginnings that I go in and pray for people and wonderful miracles are done. The pastors pray for people. If you want to hear somebody that's always on fire, get a hold of Brother Kenneth Haney. He's always in new work. There's always wonderful things, casting out devils, uh, all these things. And somebody says, what is it? I'm going to tell you what it is. It is the beginning of a church. And God is building that church on a solid foundation. How many of you are listening to me? And he is establishing his power in that city. Not only to forgive sins, because you see, forgiving sins is nothing to nobody today. Or everybody today. Because everybody thinks they're saved, even in their sins. But brother, I want to tell you what, when a blind eye is open, they start paying attention. And when lame legs are healed, they start paying attention. Amen. Praise God. And God is setting up his church in its basic foundation. And these, and I believe the power of God should always abide in the church. Always abide in the church. Amen. But the church brings with it, as it matures and grows older, many aspects that keep the Lord from working in that way. I said the church does. Jesus, if you'll pay close attention before he heals a lot of folks, he asks them what they believe. I don't ask a lot of you folks what you believe. It'd be too embarrassing for you to tell somebody. Come on. Why don't there be some honesty around here? Well, I'll just go up there and let Brother Elder pray for me and we'll just see. What kind of an attitude is that? But he said, if you believe, if you believe ye shall receive if you believe you shall receive praise God this is not a we'll see this is if you believe ye shall receive praise God now a lot of folks ask me How's come we don't see that today? I want you to turn with me to the book of Jude. We're living today in the hour of apostasy. I don't care whether you believe it or don't believe it. Whether you want to admit it or don't want to believe it. Really don't make any difference. Blind lead the blind, they all fall in the ditch. We're living in the hour of apostasy. Even in the church. When God said I would that you was hot or cold. Said you're wretched. Said you're wretched. You're naked. You're miserable. And that's exactly how a lot of folks are in church today. Amen. You're naked. You're not. You don't have the clothes of holiness and righteousness upon you. You're naked. You're wretched, 
You want to be on fire for God. You don't want to lose out with God, but you want these material things too. You're miserable. You're unsettled over it. He said, I counsel you to buy of me that which lasts forever, gold, eternal life. Eternal life's been tried in the fire year after year, day after day. Gold tried in the fire. Gold tried in the fire. I counsel you to buy that which no man can get a hold of. So that you won't be wretched anymore. You won't be miserable anymore. Now you listen to Jude. When Jude begins to write. In the third verse he said. I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you. And exhort you that you should earnestly. That you should earnestly. Folks won't even do that today. That you should earnestly contend for the faith. That was delivered to the church a thousand times to keep them saved. How much? That was once delivered to you. Delivered to you one time. That's all you need if you want to be saved. For there are certain men crept in unaware who were of old ordained to this condemnation they're ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness wantonness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ amen you you folks don't believe that and I and thank God you don't and I was on the district board and I felt bad about this one brother not being in our fellowship no more and uh, I went down there and I was going to do my best to try to help him get reinstated back in the organization. And he got up and made the statement, you could be saved without being baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, buddy, you just done yourself in with me. I don't know how in God's name you ever got a hold of one of our churches. You didn't never belong with us to begin with. You don't even believe the message. But I want you to know that man held a UPC license and messed up a church and sold it to the charismatics. There are men crept in unaware among us and I'm going to tell you just because they up there uh, some of them that you know brother small that was going on so great here a few years ago CIA agent and all that stuff they found out he ain't been nothing. He don't even belong in the UPC no more. Fact is, he isn't in the UPC no more. He don't have a license. And up calling our precious saints back then, a bunch of hypocrites and a bunch of stuff. And brother told me I need to have him over here in my church and preach to you folks. And I said, no, he's not going to call my people them names. Amen. I got a bunch of folks that give everything and work hard for what little church we got, and he's not calling them them names. Amen. 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 And I won't tell you we got them right in the local church too. They're sitting in here. One of them ain't sitting here no more. 
one that ain't sitting here no more was sitting right up here on the front row when they had that Baptist meeting here in town and that guy from Billy Graham's bunch was up there preaching and some of our folks went in amongst them and told them they needed to be saved and one of our own right out of this church looked at him and said, leave them folks alone. They're more saved than you are. He ain't never been saved. I'm going to tell you just cause to come up here and repent and get baptized in Jesus' name, talk in tongues, uh, don't mean they got it. I'm going to tell you, you're going to reject false religion or else it's going to destroy you. I don't care how long you've been in this church. You better reject what you had yesterday and start seeking for this marvelous light. Amen. If you don't, it'll destroy you. And some of them are so clever, they stay in amongst us. A man called me up the other day and told me he told, told his mom and daddy, stay home and pray. A UPC preacher told his mom and daddy, stay home from church and pray. I said, my God, man, I, I'm not going to tell my folks to do something like that but in the next breath he told me the reason why I told him that brother elder is cause when they talk in tongues in that church he rebukes them when they get in the spirit of praying he rebukes them said he told them they talked in tongue one time and they I'll tell you what that is that's a church of Christ that went down and seen the message of being baptized in Jesus name and talking in tongues but he kept all of his Church of Christ tradition and doctrine, and all he did was do the little dude that God see him save, see? He ain't no more the church than I am a millionaire. And you think you run out of this church anywhere and get in it because it's a UPC church. You better find out what you're getting involved with today. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Now, I wasn't going to say all these things, but this UPC is close to splitting again, whether you know it or not. We've been talking about a split for two years. I just wouldn't tell you folks. Amen. What, what over, Brother Elder? The holy ain't going to go along with that trash. That's what it is. Amen. Amen. There is a group of people that's got the message. They're going to worship God. They're going to shout. They're going to dance. They're going to fast. They're going to pray. They're going to have miracles. If you want to know what the gospel is, read Mark the 15th chapter, the 15th verse through the 21st verse. That's the gospel. All of it. Not one verse of it. Every bit of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the same thing had happened then. The church had went into apostasy. It got so bad, people in the church was turning in other people to take their property to have them killed off. Yeah, you need to read church history. Some of you go get the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Read it. Amen. Amen. Now, when you get down here, 
You're not staying with me, but when you get down here, the sixth verse, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved into everlasting chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. I'm telling you, they had homosexuality in the church then. And are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of the pastors. The Bible tells you to honor them to whom honor is due. Amen. And what? Now, I want to ask you something. What? in the world stop God from killing these liars in the fifth chapter to every man having to make up his own mind to serve God in the book of Jude. Man, it's quiet in here. I said, what caused God from the fifth chapter of Acts to quit killing these liars? These allow the Holy Ghost in them to carry on, don't have no effect in their lives, to raising just havoc in the church. And God didn't kill them. You don't read nowhere in the book of Jude where God caused them to fall over dead. I believe they all died horrible lives. Brother Carricker? Sure. I'm going to tell you why. You see, we're right back to what I said well ago. When they start building church, if I guarantee you what, brother, and I'm going to, Brother Grubbs, whether you know it or not, we're going to build a new church this year in McPherson. I've already got a handle on it. Praise God. <clears throat> Some things the Lord just causes to happen, you know. Praise God. But... You see, we start a new church up there in McPherson this year. God only knows all the miracles we see. Mighty moves of God. And maybe build and establish a great, big, wonderful congregation up there. In 10 years, the pastor's fighting every which way, trying to make the thing float right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You that's been with me from the beginning of this church, you're the foundation of this church. If you don't want it to be destroyed, you better stand for what we've always stood for. And our kids are trying us. They're doing all they can to break us down. So we never did believe what you preached, what you lived, and what you this and what you that. I'm going to tell you, Mom, Dad, you better get it in them kids. You better pray it in them. Yeah. 
I said, you better pray it in them. I was proud of my wife last night. I had a few hours to myself for once. Man, that's marvelous. And she come walking in there last night and noticed I had a couple hours. And she says, Daddy, don't you think it's time we get the Bible down and read it and pray with the girls? I said, boy, it sounds like what we ought to do. Hallelujah. It's time to do something. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. That's, that's what we need to do. Get it in our children. It's too late to start fighting with it at 15. It ain't too late for some of you 15-year-olds if you'll hang in there with us. We'll help you get somewhere. Amen. 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 Praise God. You're in the best thing you ever be in all your life. I'm simply saying there comes a time when there, God will let you have your selfish way. Your selfish will. And he'll let you live in a hell here on earth and a hell to go to. Some of you think I'm playing games, and I'm not. And I'm not trying to make fun of you tonight. I wish I could say it with tears in my eyes tonight. It hurts me to pastor a group of people that's had their heads knocked in and now they wonder if their God's as real as he used to be. <clears throat> I want you tonight to turn to Hebrews. 10th chapter I'm getting close to being through Hebrews the 10th chapter reading verses 22 through 27 there are some folks who act like I made up this rule But I didn't make up this rule. I'm just simply trying to follow it. And in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 22nd verse, it said, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I just wonder how many of you want to draw near with a true heart in full assurance. And he said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise God's not slack 
He's not up and he's not down. He's not in and he's not out. Amen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now listen to this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a man or some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I've had two adults tell me in the last two weeks they didn't see anything wrong with staying home from church. And one of them said to me, well, they're not backsliding. Anytime you stay out of church for something else, what are you doing? You know, the devil has hoodwinked you. The spirit that got Ananias in trouble is getting you in trouble. Anytime you can tell yourself when you stay out of the house of God, it's all right. Something's wrong. The spirit's got a hold of you. And that's not the end of it. That's the beginning of it. Satan does not kill, does not care how he kills your spirituality as long as he kills your spiritual man. That way you can walk out on God with a hardness of heart. Like Cain did. Am I my brother's keeper? What's that preacher got to do with me? This church don't mean nothing to me. I'm just as good as everybody in the church even if I don't go to church because I live just as good out of the church as they do in the church. I'm telling you a lying devil's got a hold of you. The same thing that killed Ananias and Sapphira has got a hold of you. The same thing that kicked the devil out of heaven has got a hold of you. Amen. It said that you was all right until iniquity was found in you. You know, some of us don't think it's iniquity. We think it's something else. But God don't look at it that way. It, you know without me asking you tonight. I, I watch. I'd almost use Mother character, but it'd be too embarrassing for her. I watched that woman one time try to kill the Holy Ghost in her. She wasn't having heart attacks. She was trying to destroy something that was alive. Oh, he said, well, she had heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. It's enough to kill you, try to run the Holy Ghost out of your life. It's enough to make you go insane. You talk about a miserable creature. Amen. I'm talking about them that's really got the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not going to be easy for me to run God out of my life. 
Amen. But I've seen folks do it. Listening to a lying, subtle servant. Filling it in the children. Amen. Oh, yeah. Same thing killed Ananias Sapphira. So why are people dropping dead today, Brother Elder, like they did in the fifth chapter of the book of Acts? Because we're living in the hour of apostasy. And it's every man for himself. Bible said, save yourself from this untoward generation. God's going to shake you. He said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. He's going to shake you just to see how much you love him, how much you love his Holy Ghost, how much you love the Spirit in you, how much you love the truth in you. If you will stand for righteousness, if you will stand for holiness, he's going to shake you. We're in the eye of apostasy. And yet right before your eyes is witnesses. I never told this church because I thought maybe that woman would come down here. And I ain't seen her nowhere in town lately. Like maybe she's left town. Which don't even hurt my feelings. But this preacher come to this town raising Cain in UPC churches all over. All over. Wyoming, I got the handle on this. This preacher gets on that telephone. In case you wondered what them long-distance calls was to Wyoming, Brother David, that's what they're about. And a man who was a missionary out there that... Is a good man, good preacher. When they left his church, he said, I'm glad they're gone. They came into this city, and I didn't even know they'd come. But God did. And knew they didn't like me before they met me. You know, some folk, some of you folks are so easily tricked, come... The devil sends somebody to town against me before they ever met me. And then sit in one service and run down everything we do and you sit there and you're all tore up about it. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, you better get spiritual if you don't want to be destroyed. You better get to where the Holy Ghost talks to you more than anything's talking to you. I don't know nothing about this. I still don't know nothing about this, see? And then I walk in the house. I've been out hunting pheasants out western Kansas. And walk in the house, and there's a preacher in town drop dead. I want you to preach his funeral. I said, hmm. Then they really throw one at me. An ex-UPC preacher. I said, hmm. I rather doubt that. But, you know, I really didn't 
you know, I heard a lot of things. So I got checking on it. And sure enough, it was an ex-UPC preacher. Done come to this town. Done started having church. Done got all the songbooks and a little congregation together. And just fixing to give this church a fit. And God just wiped him out clean. And he didn't even ask me what I thought about it. Did it without me even praying for it to happen. In fact, as I was out having fun with Brother Kerker shooting at birds while God was taking care of the situation. I'm telling me God's not working. I know He's still working. A boy got up and walked out of this church rebellious because I told him, by the word of God, he asked me and I quoted chapter and verse to him, by the word of God, how he's to cut his hair off. Got up and walked out of here mad the day he's buried. There's witnesses all around you folks if you want to open your eyes up. Amen. Amen. My God's still on the throne. But what I'm telling you is we need to get that stuff out of us. That subtility out of us. It's going to destroy you. Now I want to show you something. How many of you in this church, I'm going to close. How many of you in this church want to have a revival? I mean a God-shaken revival. Well, let's turn back to the fifth chapter of Acts then. You see, when you go on reading in the book of Jude, the book of Jude calls them evil men, men who've gone in the way of Kor against the prophet of God, men who've gone after the way of Balaam, after materialism, men who've gone after the way of Cain, rejecting God when God personally is trying to straighten out their lives. These are the three ways that men lose out with God. And when you read where I was at, I didn't think we read it. I should have had somebody read it. We still need to read that verse. Whoever's got Hebrews 2 and 3, read that for me. You cannot neglect your salvation. You can't neglect your truck and drive it. You can't neglect your kids and keep them. You can't neglect your house and stay in it. You can't neglect your body. I can say, well, I don't need any glasses. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. I found out I needed some. You know? And after the dentist got through cleaning my lower teeth the last time, I said, man, I can't hardly preach to the saints without all this whistling, you know, seeing I said, boy, I'm just about to be better off with false teeth. You know? Amen. You know, we there's a lot of things we can't neglect. And we take care of the physical 
And the most important thing, we just let it go. What's it say, Brother Kerker? How are you going to escape? It's going to catch up with you. How are you going to escape? You start staying out of church once or twice every once in a while thinking it's all right. Won't be long you can stay out half the time thinking it's all right. Amen. And that's all it takes, boy. You're already going down. Because it will sap you spiritually till it's unreal. Does staying out of church affect you, Brother Mark? Better believe it affects him. I've been praying for Brother Mark to get on a front shift ever since they messed him up. Don't tell me that's where I got messed up. I was in the church real good and solid one time till I started working missile sites at night. And I didn't backslide in no day either. I know staying out of church will destroy you. Won't it, Brother Grubbs? Brother Grubbs told me how he worked in a bakery that kept him out of church. He said, Brother, I got so spiritually weak, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. Amen. Coming to church is your spiritual salvation. Amen. So you didn't get a whole bunch tonight. Yeah, you did if you listen. Amen. Amen. Now you need to apply what you've heard. Now you need to do what you've heard. It said don't neglect so great a salvation. Don't even do any good to have revivals for people who don't come to church. You couldn't save them if you wanted to. God's got to have a chance to work on you. Amen. And the only way he can do it is when you come to the house of God. You know, sometime you look at me, you say, well, he don't have to have all that preaching. Well, I want you to know when I call in somebody, I'm praying, God, make them preach to me tonight. Amen. You got to be preached to if you're going to be saved. I've got to be preached to if I'm going to be saved. You've got to be preached to. And every time you jump a sermon, who knows but what God didn't have, that man studying and praying all day long for you. And you made that visitation with God as though it was nothing. Amen. Now, when he did this in the fifth chapter, it said fear fell on all the people. I've been praying, Lord, if you don't do something, 
a lot of these saints are going to get to thinking you don't care about all this stuff and I'm saying God do something amen so that the fear of God will fall on the rest of the church Better believe that's why I've been praying the last month or two. Do something. Amen. So great fear, the eleventh verse came upon the church and upon as many as heard these things, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs, wonders wrought, and there were all in Solomon's porch. And you read it in so much the 15th verse that they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds. Let me tell you something. You, you show me a church that when the man of God is preaching on holy things, spiritual things, and the church is standing up with him 100% and abiding with him 100%, you're going to see a revival. You're going to see a move of God. Amen. And these people stood with Peter. Amen. Yeah, been your old Uncle George, you might have said, well, I'll just go get a lawyer and we'll take care of you for doing that. Somebody said, well, don't say he was a relative in the church to anybody. No, it sure doesn't. It doesn't say he wasn't either. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. But it said after it happened, they said, we're with you, brother pastor. Woo, and the fear of God fell on them. And here you go with a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. A mighty outpouring of God's work. Sick being healed. Come on. How many of you want to see a move of God around here that'll turn this city wrong side out? I think it's time the church turns the city wrong side out instead of the city turning the church wrong side out. Huh? How many of you believe it's time for the church to turn the city wrong side out? Praise God. Let's fast and pray. Let's seek the face of God. Let's draw nigh to Him. Let's have a move of God. 